Hey, this is Seth Goodman with the Life with Sports, Life After Sports podcast, and uh, today we got a one of the, one of the type of people I really like, the type of athletes I like, the gritty, the grindy, the people, the the type that nobody necessarily believed in, but he really made it happen. So uh, today we got uh, Antonio Graham, five-year professional athlete, and uh, yeah, he has a story to tell you. Uh, but yeah, Antonio, tell me, tell me where you're from, man. Uh, I'm from Baltimore, Maryland. Born and raised there my whole life for the most part. Okay, and what was it like growing up in Baltimore? I know it's a lot of uh, basketball there. What's tell me what it's like? Uh, I mean, when everybody see here Baltimore, they think of like the wire and how they always ask me how rough it is and everything. I mean, growing up, it, it's tough. It's got its ups and its down. But I mean, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't want to be from nowhere else. It's like uh. They just teach you how to, like, really grind and get it out the mud. Like, not even just basketball, but off the court as well. It's just, like, you go, you grow up faster. So, I definitely appreciate growing up where I did. Right. I mean, it probably it probably tells you to fight for everything because there's it's so many hoopers out there, right? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a lot of guys. You know, we bought that bought the Baltimore area and then even in the, the surrounding areas, like the – Prince George's County, like D.C., like even in those places, it's a lot of hoopers as well. So Baltimore is definitely a basketball powerhouse, in my opinion. Yeah, I got I got family out in uh, like PG County, Silver Spring, that type of that area. Yeah, that whole area is it's nothing but hoopers. Yeah. So when when did you realize that you wanted to pursue basketball as a career, man? Uh, for me, I'm I'm like a late bloomer. So um, I was in Juke. I was playing in JUCO. And then after my my first year at JUCO, I just thought to myself, like, man, I'm gonna play I'm gonna play pro ball, and I ain't tell nobody but my brother. Like, he was the only one. I was like, man, I don't know where I'm gonna go after this or what am I do, but like, I'm gonna end up playing pro ball. And it was just something that I like. I wouldn't say I was too ashamed, but like, I I thought people ain't taking me serious. So I was so I just kept it to myself. Me and my brother, we would just always work work out, and he's like, man, you want to play pro, you just gotta keep pursuing it. I mean, a lot of people. They probably knew when they were kids that they was going to play pro. For me, it was when I was 19, 20, like 20 years old that I was like, yeah, I, I can, I'm going I'm to do this. Yeah. So, sorry about that, man. I got I got oh, a newborn yeah. in the house. You might hear it in the background. Daddy, daddy duties. <laughs> you know how that shit go, man. But uh, walk me through your college journey, man. Where did you play? You say you're a JUCO guy. Well, I was a JUCO guy as well. Walk me through your college journey, man. Uh, yeah, my college journey was, was, uh, it was different. Cause like, uh, I was good in high school, but I didn't have good stats. Cause I, my team, we were good. So I didn't, I wasn't, I didn't get any, like, I didn't get recruited by anybody. And I didn't start playing college ball until like I was 19 or 20. And the only reason I did was because uh, I just went to the community college near my house that I was taking classes at. We used to play pickup with the, some of the, the hoopers. And I'm just like, these guys really ain't like that. Like, I've right. always thought if you were a college athlete, you were held to a higher standard. But we used to just open gym with them guys, and, and I held my own. And then I just had the idea, like, I was like, man, you know what? I'm, I'm going to start hooping again. Like, I ain't got nothing to lose. And ever since then, I, I my uh, my coach, he gave me he gave me the opportunity to play. He even, even He knew me as just a student, but he was like, oh, you want to play? And I mean, he let me play, and I just got started with the JUCO route. Okay. Okay. And after JUCO, where where did it land you? 
Uh, after JUCO, I was getting recruited by a couple D twos and D three schools, but because I had started late and all that like track that ticker stuff and all that stuff, I don't really know how it worked. But I couldn't go to any NCAA school, so I had to go to this small school called Central Christian College in Missouri. Oh, I went Central there for Christ, one. That, yeah, I went there for one year. It's a small school. It was a uh, real religious. Uh, it was different. My first time out of Baltimore, so um, it was just a culture shock. I was seeing like cowboys and all that. But uh, I played there <laughs> for played there for one year, and then um, my coach resigned. And uh, like they, I wasn't really. I ain't gonna say I wasn't feeling it, but I just didn't want to play my senior year for a coach that I didn't know nothing about or how he was going to use me or bring anybody right. in. Right, so I transferred to an even smaller school called Barkley College in Haviland, Kansas. And it's like a school, like, I say 300 students. So it's like like Man. the middle of nowhere. But like You said it's Haviland, Kansas? Yeah, it's, it's small, small Where's that close to? Uh, it's about an hour and a half from Wichita. Okay, I was in, I used like to be in Wichita like in 2000. Yeah, it, it, it's, a, it's a small school. Like in Kansas, it's filled with a whole bunch of small schools, NAIs, JUCOs. It's, it's nothing but that out there. Yeah. So I, I played my senior. I went transferred there, and then I, I had two years of school and one year of ball. So my first year there, I sat out. I was the manager. I was like, the, I was the best one there, but I was the manager just so I could make some money and just be able to practice and travel with the team. Because if you're a red shirt, you ain't allowed to travel. But I, my coach made me the manager so I could travel. And then I sat out the year, and I just was t locked in. And then my senior year, I played there, and I was, I was solid. Okay, so you used to stand out your senior year. So Yeah, we uh, we finished. Uh, we were, like, second in the conference. And when the, the, the year before, they were worse in the conference. And then uh, I came back off the red shirt year. We got some solid recruits. And then one of my other teammates, he was actually the player, the conference player of the year. Me and him, uh, we was we was real good together. His name was Charles Broadhead. We we teamed up well, and we made it to uh, second in the conference, lost in the conference championship. Okay. So, so okay, you losing the conference championship. What's, what's the next step for you, man? I mean, you, you were trying to go pro at that time, or? Yeah, uh. Around that time when I finished, I kind of thought to myself, like, I'm a, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, uh, my coach, he was trying to uh, get me to be, like, a grad assistant uh, for the, the next year. So, I didn't really know what I was going to do with basketball. It's like I didn't have no uh, – I didn't have an outlet. Like, I didn't – like, I knew I wanted to play pro, but I didn't know, like, how to get about it or what to do. And then uh, I was just looking on Facebook one day, and I saw, like, all these basketball groups. I saw, like – people reaching out to coaches and everything. So I hadn't been on Facebook at, at that time for like four years. So I got on Facebook and I just kind of started like promoting myself and, and then one opportunity led to the next. Okay, so so we fast forward to, to being a professional. What was your first job? Uh, my first official job, I was uh, – I was in Mexico. I was talking to this uh, the league. It's not. I don't even think the league is around anymore. The league was called the uh, Cibasur, and uh, it had some good hoopers in there. But I I went there, and the league it didn't start on time. And uh, they had me out there. They told me to, they had me out there in November. They told me the league was going to start in like January, 
and the league didn't start on time. So then we, I was just working out and training with the team every time, every every day. But then while I was there, I got an offer to go play in El Salvador. So really, El Salvador was like my my first like full season and all that good stuff. And tell me, what was it like in El Salvador? I heard it was really a little bit cutthroat out there. I don't know if that's correct way to describe it, but uh, El Salvador, it was uh, it was it was crazy. Uh, the league, a lot of people don't respect it. The league, just because they don't know much about it, and they see some of the like like the gyms where that are played in. You got some, you might El Salvador. They'll use anywhere as a gym. So right, some not, of, some of them the, outside, right? Yeah, it's uh one, one team play outside, and a lot of the teams they have like domes, like they but it'll be full of play. fans, right? Yeah, that's one thing about like them, like Latin countries, they might not know basketball or know how to play that well, but they gonna support. Like some some of the most lit games I played was in El Salvador, like playing in front of thousands of people, beating on the drums, the whole game. Not even like normally you see stuff like that at just the free throw line. They played the. The, the drums, the whole game, it, the games were so lit. Our fans used to ride on the bus with us, so even our even traveling was just crazy and hectic. Was it dangerous at all out there, or what was it like? Um, it's it's a dangerous country, it, but uh, I think like I think for me, I feel like as an American and as a pro, like they always gonna make sure you get good. Like I don't, I wasn't in any two crazy situations i mean it's just a lot of times we have like bums like asking us for money and stuff like that but it was just because like we were like celebrities there right i mean i never felt like i wasn't safe okay okay well that's good how did how did the season uh finish up when you were out there man um when when i was there uh we didn't make the playoffs it was 16 teams i think we finished like ninth or tenth but we were projected to be like one of the worst, like the bottom team in the league because we had like really young locals and um, so we and uh, we had I know we had the the biggest uh, win streak that the team ever had. It was like four or five games we won in a row. My, the team never did that before, so uh, we did have a, a few accomplishments. We we should have made the playoffs, but we did we didn't have the right pieces together. Like, and. It would have been nice to make the playoffs when nobody expected us to, but I think we did good, especially for what we were working with talent-wise. Okay, so the, then your next your next year, you're in Spain, right? Yeah, my next year, um, a guy I knew from Vegas, his name was Chris Moat, and he was telling me uh, his coach was like, "Yeah, we need a we need a player your position." And at first, the coach like I was sending him my videos and everything. He was it didn't seem like he was too interested, but. At the time, I guess uh got some good words put in for me. The coach brought me out there, and uh, he was like, yeah, we're going to sign you. So went out there and started started officially in Europe. And what was, what was, like, what was that like, man, finally getting a chance out in Europe, man? I know uh, you know sometimes it's, it's really hard to just get that look, and then when you get that look, you just got to take – Capitalize on it. What was it like when you finally capitalized? And uh, you won a championship your first year, right? And yeah, I won a championship. Uh, the thing with Europe is people don't realize like basketball in Europe is so much better than anywhere else in the world. But it just like you in Europe, you can go play in the mid-level league in Europe, Spain in particular, and the competition and the locals will be better than a lot of other countries' top leagues. Like 
And people think, oh, you might be playing in the mid-level league in Spain or something like that. They don't realize, like, how nice dudes are. Like, Right. They Like, I was uh, speaking with somebody yesterday, and I was talking about Spain. Man, Spain is Spain, not America, but Spain is, like, one of the top countries all over. You know what I mean? In, every, in anything in anything to do with this basketball stuff, they they teaching it, their kids how to they they start playing with these clubs when they kids, right? Yeah, and that's that's the difference. They in in America, we 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 put school and basketball or school and sports together. In Europe, like I I know plenty of guys I grew up with, they were excellent at sports, but they were they weren't the best in the classroom, so they couldn't play sports. But in Europe. You play sports and you go to school. They're separate. You don't have to have good grades <laughs> right. to play basketball or soccer or whatever sport you play. So I like how Europe is saying does that takes that method. And I think now a lot of guys are doing the same thing. Like the top high school guys, like I'm not going to college. Well, I'm gonna go to college for one year when I can just go to the G League or go overseas. Exactly. And I know, I know. Looking back, you you wish you would have got over here earlier. You know, I mean, it's it's crazy how. Uh, you kind of like look at the way things are set up. I mean, it's really set up if you're not the most educated guy in America, or you have like a rough, rough background. They're not really going unless you're just a phenom. They're not really going to let you into school. But in Europe, they just let you play. Yeah, that's what it's all about. Like me personally, like I mean, I'm not knocking college or anything, but I only went to college because of basketball. Like I wouldn't have went to Kansas or other places if I wasn't playing basketball I could have just went somewhere local but basketball brought me where it did right so I mean back back to uh your first year man I'm first year in Spain describe winning that championship man um I always I expected to win it so it wasn't like a surprise because like my team we were we were stacked like we was we was nice and it was uh it was it, like winning the championship at any level was good, and like my teammates, like it was just a tough grind. Like it was the first time, like I was really we were practicing two or three days, so we definitely two or three times a day we definitely put the work in, and we were loaded with talent, and so it was definitely a great experience. Okay, so fasting forward to the next year, what was it? What was it like getting your next job? Was it the next one in Spain again, or what was uh, it like? well, my, my next. My next opportunity, um, after I won that championship in Spain, I signed in the first division of Ireland. And uh, it was supposed to be a good opportunity. It was some stuff that happened uh, as far as, like, um, we didn't have a coach. And uh, my style of play and what my teammates was like, it just didn't correlate. So they got a coach, and you only can have one American there. So when they got a new coach, the coach, he, I guess he preferred his – team to have his American to be a big man so they released me like like after the preseason and it's crazy because my, my games there we were like uh I think I was like six and two in the preseason with him so it kind of caught me by surprise that they released me but I know it was part of the business but after that um as soon as my old team in Spain they had moved up a division or a league as soon as they found out that I got released in Ireland this, I just the same day they off they sent me a contract and I went to Spain, like two days later. Okay, okay. So, so walk me through. I mean, what as a professional athlete, walk me through a, a regular day, man. Like how I know it's a grind. It's a nine-month grind. So, what is it like to just your everyday life? Like, what do you do? Like, are you training all day, or what is it? 
Um, well, in Spain, I think out of everywhere I've been, Spain was the best on like how we really like got down to business. We would we would have uh, morning practice, which would be like something light, like uh, like getting up shots or working on craft stuff like that. And it would usually be the all the Americans and maybe some of the locals if they could make it. Then uh, eat lunch. Me and my teammates, we always ate lunch together. We go eat lunch and then we um, go chill for a few hours, get on the Netflix or some downtime. Then we w- wake up and then we usually would, I, or I usually would go lift for about an hour before practice, then got to evening practice with everybody there. And then come back home and time it's time to clock out and then it's like the same same process so you're doing it so you're doing this every day um i think when i think we did it about uh it felt like every day but probably about four to five days out the week and then on the weekends you got your game okay and <clears throat> yeah when you get when you finally get to the game you feeling soreness or what what's that like um i me personally, I never felt sore because uh, for me, like Europe, they only do one game out of the week. I usually get sore just after the games. Like I could practice every day, and I really don't. It don't affect me, but it's like after the games, that's when I beat down. So after the games, and then uh, during practice, that's when I kind of recover, get some, get some, tra- get some training done on me, and some physio and all that good stuff. Okay, man, great, great, and. Um... So, so the so you finished in Spain this next year, well your second year in Spain. What? How did y'all finish this season? Uh, we were um, we were like a, a around five hundred that whole season. It was my best season individually. I averaged a twenty four a game, and it just I was so like I was I had a chip on my shoulder because like I got released in Ireland. So right. I was just like, man, this I'm about to just kill the Spain shit like. Like, I already had, like, in my mind, like, I just had to, so much anger and built inside because I was just like, damn, I got cut. Like, I never I never got released in my life. So it was like a, it kind of humbled me a little bit. And then, um, but we, we finished around 500. We had a lot going on. We had uh, my coach in the, in the first part of the season, he resigned. And then we had another coach that came in and he coached for a few games. We just, so we had three different coaches in one season. We had players with injuries. So we had a few. Um, we had a few Americans. They left to get. Um, they had better offers to go play somewhere else. So it was kind of. It was disappointment for, for me, not like actually making the playoffs. But at the same time, if you look at everything, all the adversity we had to go through, you kind of would understand why. Yeah, I definitely understand that. I mean, you you never could prepare your mind for what's about to happen within a. A full season. I mean, it's nine months, and I mean, I feel like I tell everybody like that nine months feels like three years. Yeah, especially like me. I I, I don't like my other teammates. They would go home for the hot for the holidays and stuff like that. I just always stayed, so yeah, it really just was like felt like being there forever. Exactly. I feel, I, I feel the exact same way. So, fast forward to your next season. What happens there then? Uh, my next season. It's crazy because I average 24, and I'm like, I'm about, to, I'm just thinking to myself, like I'm about to have so many different offers. I'm about to like get paid some good money. I'm about to, I'm about to be set, and the complete opposite happened. I wasn't getting any type of serious 
like offers. I wasn't nothing that was worth me wasting my time. Like everything that, that people was reaching out to me was like wasting my time. I just knew that after averaging 24, that I was going to get a lot of offers and that didn't happen. So I was just going to like, I'm going to just wait it out. And then once again, my old team from Spain, they reached out to me again. Oh, it was mutual. I reached out to them. They reached out to me and it was kind of late. And they was like, uh, if you want to come back, we'll bring you back. And this was late because I was waiting so long because I really didn't want to go there another season. But right, right. That's, you, that's you, all you, I had. You and I went you, there. You had done enough to to get to the next level. I mean, you done. Yeah, I felt like I. Yeah, I, I was like I didn't play I, in this for this team. I won a championship and I led the league in scoring, or one of the top scorers. So I was like, I don't want to go back there again. But I went there like I went there so late. It was like. A week before the, I went there a week before like the first game, which in in Spain and Europe, like normally they have you out there like a month early or a month and a half early. But I went out there for right because you before. you playing preseason games and everybody just working out together and all those yeah. type of things, right? So yeah. could could you explain to me this season? What was what was this season like for you? Uh, well, that season, that was uh, 2000, the 2018 season, and we only played a half a season there and all that stuff that was going on in Spain, it kind of ended that. So, like, I, we, all the Americans, we left after, like, the first half of the season. So that didn't go too well. Yeah, man. It, and, uh, it was a crazy. this season, uh, what you were saying? I was saying it was a crazy time. It's still a crazy time in Spain, man. They, uh, they basically put in a lot of rules to keep Americans out now. All the leagues, I believe, have one American per team. So I mean, it's it's kind of yeah. uh, you know how it goes. Like like you said, it's kind of like how Italy is now. Yeah, it's crazy. Like my last year in Spain, we had six Americans. So to have six Americans and like thinking you going got the easy road to win the championship, and then like um, a month or two later, everybody goes home, and it was just a big what if. Exactly, exactly. And this season you played in Armenia, right? Yeah, yeah I started off in uh, Armenia, and I was there for the first half of the season, and I left there in December. Okay, well, and talking about Armenia, man, what was it like? I, I haven't heard too much about it, but I've heard some things about it. So could you walk me through to what it's like living in Armenia? Um, I mean, I know, it's a, I know I heard it's a pretty different type country than Spain, right? Yeah, Armenia, it's, uh, everybody, a lot of people don't even know much about Armenia other than, like, that's the Kardashians, they're, they're Armenian. That's right. <laughs> I always tell people about Armenia, but, like, but I think this was only, like, their second or third year as, like, a, as, like, a professional league with Americans and stuff like that, and I love the country, but, like, the basketball there, it was this, uh, I, I wouldn't do it again. It's it's a very very shady. Very sh yes, it's uh that that's close to the Middle East, right? Yeah, it's uh it's technically is in Asia, but like with FIBA, they're classified in Europe. Like they play their their Olympic team or their selection team plays in the the FIBA qualifiers for Europe. And they don't play like against Asian teams, but it's technically in Asia. Okay, so. Yeah, you know how, I mean, a lot of a lot of people in this sports world, I mean, it's it's really shady, man. Especially when you get to the professional side side of things, man. I 
I've been through those type of things. Even in Spain, I've been through those type of things. I just, we just kind of got to keep our mouth shut and keep going, right? Yes, and like me being me being older, like well, that's one thing about Armenia, like if you got if you kind of a vet, like it ain't really the place to play. Like if you're a rookie, you might be so a lot like. My teammates, my younger guys, they used to think I complained a lot, but they were just rookies, and they kind of was happy to be on, opposed to like, nah, this shit ain't right. Like, uh, <laughs> being taken advantage of. And, like, that's one thing about me. Like, if I'm not feeling something, I'll leave in a heartbeat. Like, I mean, you have to. I mean, cause, because, like, if they think they can get away with something, they're going to keep doing it, right? Yeah, and that's the problem in Armenia. Like, it's just so – the league – like, the country is great, league was just so like it wasn't structured uh, they were late like uh, late with paying and like it was just so much and it was just it was kind of mutual like uh i told them they i used to just tell them i wasn't happy and they kind of were just like well you could just kind of do your own thing and i just left i was just like i can't do this no more it was too much uncertainty yeah man and and i feel like when you when you like get through the grit and the grind of a season a lot of times it's like uh, you, you've been through a lot of stuff even before this. You can't go through more and more and more and more and more. You can't just like keep people keep pushing these buttons that they push in the professional game, especially when you already have been through these things like before in the sports world, you know? Yeah, exactly. That's why, like, once we get to that age, it's, it's, it's only for so much you can put up with. <laughs> exactly. My, uh, one of my good friends, he's a vet. And he played maybe like ten years, and like I used to be wondering like why is this dude complaining like this? But it was when I was like on my first or second year, you know. So yeah, you you kind of like become accustomed to you want things a certain way and you want things handled a certain way. And exactly, especially when you're so far away from home and like they 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 bringing you in. It's like y'all gotta have some hospitality. Right. That was, that's big. Hospitality is big for me because I'm the type of person if you came to where I'm from. Especially if I encourage you to come visit me or whatever or work for me, I'm gonna make sure you're in great hands, no, no matter what. So I feel like if I go far away to play for a team, I expect them to do the same thing. Exactly, I definitely understand that. So um, after Armenia, you go to Germany, correct? Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I, after Armenia, um, at first I was just gonna go home, but uh, the team in Germany that I was talking to, they actually in like uh, in set. Tim, in September, I came out here for a week. I was already signed to go play in Armenia, but they was they paid me, or they paid for me to come work out and see if I would like it. And uh, I always kept in touch with them. It's like for some reason I just kind of knew things wasn't going to go well in Armenia, so I kind of kept in touch with them. And we was like, even if even if I didn't play there this season, I would potentially come play there for the next season. But once things went sour in Armenia, I just kind of reached out to them, and I'm like, look, are we going to make it happen, or like, y'all just going like, uh, maybe potentially bring me in next year? And then uh, talking talking to the president, which is a, a lady, she she was very good, and she understood everything, and she made everything work to where it's over. Um, they got me they got me my place last minute, and they got, they took care of everything that needed for me to come play the second half of the season there. Okay, and, and what was it like in Germany in comparison to Spain, man? Um, in comparison to Spain, Germany, uh, Germany is a lot, di or at least my team in Germany, it's a lot different 
and it's it's a, it had its ups and its downs. Like uh, the the good things were like this team, uh, um, which they're like a family. Like like guys are like they actually are friends. They hang out together, and which which is it's nothing wrong with it at all. Like it's actually great. But it's sometimes like when I want like to get the most out of them, it's like it's kind of tougher though when you actually playing with guys who are only there because of basketball. Right. My teammates, we had some guys that were on the team that were best friends and we always uh like hung out together. So it was it was good and it's bad sometimes, depending on how you look at it. Okay. And uh being out there, I mean it was was it colder out there or was it cold? Um, actually it was not as cold as I thought. Like when I first got here, I'm thinking like, man, it's about to be freezing. The only problems <laughs> that I had with the weather was just uh like it, when, like, it just seems like it rained every day. And it used to just get, like, so I just get tired of seeing rain every day. Like, being in Spain, and I like, like, I like beautiful weather. I like seeing the beach and going to the beach whenever I want. And in Germany, it didn't really offer that. But Germany, it doesn't have nice weather, but they make up for the other things. Like, the, the living here is, like, amazing. Like, as far as, uh, they're probably the most, economically stable country in all of Europe, maybe even in the world. Like just so Germany has like a lot of perks, especially like if, if a person was staying here long term. Yeah, I definitely I definitely understand that. I I've heard a lot of things about Germany. I heard it's one of the more stable countries uh economically. And yeah, like uh I don't think they have to worry about any recessions. I mean, even with the stuff going on in the world right now, I think Germany like like I've been seeing how in America like all the job they kind of like they don't care about their workers i think it's the complete opposite in germany like so they're keeping all their workers on right yeah it's very very stable they have good like unemployment stuff and it just seems like a good place like as far as like just to settle down and stuff and i actually one of my old teammates he uh he lives in germany he's not even playing ball no more he just moved here and got a job because it was just so it's just a good place to live yeah, I have a, a cousin. He lives in uh, Kaiserslautern, Germany, and he he's not even there to play basketball, but he he likes it. And he said Germany's yeah lit. You know, it's just a nice yeah, place. Definitely. What, definitely. What what, we, what do you think your next chapter is gonna be, man? Um, honestly, I have no idea right now because uh, this kind of this Corona stuff kind of like halted everything, and uh, I'm guess I'm trying to see what's going on like when leagues are going to start back up i was trying to hopefully play like somewhere in the summertime because a few leagues you know a few leagues start have the spring and summer leagues but because of the the corona that's dead so now i'm just kind of waiting it out i've been uh networking with a few teams and uh even this team they might bring me back if that's in the best interest but it's just kind of like the waiting game now until all until the world gets back to somewhat normal and then I can move from there okay and uh is there anything that that you would tell the next dude uh coming out man just the next guy that's trying to play overseas or catch catch coming coming up like what would you tell them about like being patient or like the perseverance that you've had to learn I guess uh well I think I think the uh I think a lot of these guys just need to realize like that this shit ain't this shit ain't easy. Like when I was like when I was coming out of high school and stuff like that. Like the big thing was like 
playing college ball. Like, oh shit, like he plays, he played college ball. That was like a big thing. Now it's like everybody thinks just because they play college ball that they they can play pro ball. Like, I'm not knocking anybody, but only a small percentage of the world is professional basketball players. No matter what level you play at, I think only like was like one percent or something like that, or less than one percent. So this is not a job that. It's just easy to get. So, so many young hoopers, a lot of them who I don't even know, they always reaching out to me and like they expect that they're going to be pros and it's just, it's not that easy. So, I think a lot of guys just got to understand like everybody's not a professional. Like, if you're a professional, you probably going to realize it. Like, you, you going to know. Like, like I said, I knew in the, when I was in Juco, I knew I was going to be a pro. Like, that's what I already knew in my mind. But a lot of people think it, but they don't really even, they ain't, even put put in half the work that I did, so I think they just gotta humble themselves and really understand how this goes. Like you ain't you ain't as good as you think you are. It's so many it's so many vets out here who will destroy young guys fresh out of school. Right, right, and they they see that they see. I think they see the type of players we're going up against, and they think that uh, oh, they would destroy them, or they would do this, or they would do that. But I think that. It's, it ain't it ain't it ain't what it what it seems, right? It definitely ain't. Like <laughs> I, I know even even some locals I play with, I know some local players, like the, they don't realize like local players, they gonna work, they gonna dive on the floor, they gonna do it, all little stuff and even the Americans like they just combine together. Like it's not it's not as easy. Like a lot of guys they still don't even know their role and they just think they gonna be pros. Like it ain't it ain't that easy. If it, if it was that easy, everybody would be doing it. Exactly. And elaborate on uh, knowing your role, man. What do you think about guys like, especially nowadays with social media, people have a boost, have boosted egos and things like that. How you, how do you keep people uh, to stay in their role and kind of being a star in their role, man? Uh, for me, with like with knowing your role is like you can always get better, but. If, if you had a certain age, if you post-college or if you've been a, let's for, say, for example, if you ain't been a shooter your whole life, you ain't just going to turn into a Steph Curry overnight. Like, if you if you, uh, if you attack the rim or if you're a defensive guy, like, the way basketball works now is all you have to do is do one thing well, and you can, you can have opportunity. Whether you, you got guys, even in the NBA, you got some guys getting crazy contracts. Let's say Patrick Beverly. Patrick Beverly getting good money just for being the energy guy. Draymond Green just for being the energy guy. You ain't about always having to score 25 or 30 points. Like, being a flat-out scorer is, is hard. Like, everybody can't do that. So, go go be a guy that's going to get 15 rebounds a game and, and get paid. Go be a guy that's going to get 10 assists. And if you know your role, you'll have a lot, you'll have a lot longer career in basketball. Exactly, man. And I think that's, that's one of the biggest things of – Today's generation, everybody want to be the flashy guy. Everybody wants to be, think that they're going to be the superstar. And the fact is, man, it's only two or three of them dogs, man. It's not so many of them dogs like that everybody wants to be. Some some people got to be the Trevor Reza, the uh, Kenneth Fareed type players. or yeah, and, and, and there's nothing wrong with that because <laughs> they, they all done got paid at some point in their career. So. Exactly. They're going to get that job. So in closing, man, uh, anything you want to say before uh, we we get off? Uh, I just appreciate you for having me on here. I always like to tell my story and all that good stuff. And 
just to all the hoopers, the young hoopers, just keep grinding and everything. You'll get noticed by somebody. Just, just got to pay your dues. For sure, for sure, man. Thanks a lot for coming on, man. Uh, uh, it's one of my first episodes, but it was definitely a great one, man. I, I love to hear your story and kind of hear, like, somebody has kind of the same type of story like I have. So uh, thanks a lot, man. All right, no problem. All right, man.